Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Shavua Tov, Agutavach, and a good morning. Thank you for joining us today on Sunday Schmooze. It's always an excitement to be here with you each Sunday morning. Let's begin today with finding something to put on our heads. A yarmulke is good. If not, you can put your left hand on your head. And we'll begin by saying... The Shema. Then we'll make a blessing. I have some leftover babka from Shabbos. You know, this Shabbos we celebrated, we began celebrating, you know. It used to be that a celebration for a birthday was on your birthday. But uh, with our dear Chani turning five this week on Tuesday, the celebration begins the Shabbos before it continues to Monday night and Tuesday and then to Shabbos after. And then I think in a few weeks, we're going to celebrate it again with um, some of her classmates who also have birthdays during this month. So it's not a one-time celebration. But on Friday night, in honor of her uh, birthday, we had uh, some babka. And there's a little bit of the chocolate babka left. So if you have a piece of cake, we'll make a blessing on that. We'll also make a blessing on the drink. And finally, if you have some coins, get it ready, and we'll put it all together in a pushka. Here goes. Let's cover our eyes with the right hand, and let's say together. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuso Le'olam va'ed. If you have a piece of cake, or a cookie, or something like that, make the bracha together with me. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Borei Minei Mizonos. And finally, well, not finally. If you have a drink, please take the drink in your right hand, and let's say together: Baruch Ata Adonai. Eloheinu melech haolam shehakol nihiya bidvaro. Ah, some more chocolate. Coffee and chocolate go really well together. You know, one of the highlights of yesterday, 
of Shabbos was the uh, funeral of the prince, the royal prince in England, Prince Philip. And with deference to my British friends, those listening to us, like my mother, and obviously my mother didn't expect that I was going to watch uh, the funeral at all. But for those that thought, why wouldn't I watch the funeral? The simple reason is because although I, I, I have deep respect for the deceased royal, his funeral, as I said, took place on Shabbos, and Shabbos is our day of rest. And on Shabbos, one of the things we do to commemorate Shabbos is we avoid using any electronic devices. So live streaming was not going to be one of the things that I was going to do. It's not to say that I would have watched it if it was on Sunday, but definitely wasn't going to watch it on Shabbos. But I want to still have a conversation to everyone, mainly to us Americans. Why do we care so much about the royals on the other side of the, uh, of the ocean? I think it's in the other side of the pond. There's a fascination when it comes to speaking about the royals in England. And you, you, anytime you open a newspaper or, or you open up a, a, a news website, there's always going to be some piece, some content about the British royals. And I always wonder why it's there. The truth is, the British monarchy hasn't had any power over us for more than 200 years. I'm going to say maybe even 250 years. Yet we continue to show a huge amount, a disproportionate amount of interest in everything that has to do with royal news, whether it's their weddings, an interview, that was a big one recently. They always take, you know, they always become big headlines in, in U.S. news. It's not unique to the United States. The BBC estimated that the royal wedding in 2018 was watched by 1.9 billion people. What is that, like 30% of the world? Okay, my math is not great, but somewhere around there. These are staggering figures, which begs the question, why? What is it about the royals that makes us so curious and, and has, we have so much interest in knowing about them? So I have a theory about it. You know, we all grew up listening and reading to fairy tales of kings and queens, princess and princesses. And to some extent, we're all still dreaming of becoming a royal. See, unlike most other celebrities who typically need to earn their way to the top, being a royal sounds like a lot of fun with no work. You don't have to do much. You live in a palace, you're surrounded by servants who are ready to fill, fulfill any wish you have. They're at your beck and call. So who doesn't want to have that? Now, when I'm talking about the Duke of Edinburgh, that isn't necessarily true. Yes, he did live in a palace and he did have a lot of uh, people doing things for him, but his life was filled with service for others. 
since 1952. They say he had over 22,000 public engagements. There was obviously the endless list of hosting, traveling, visiting, sharing words of encouragement, holding hands. And doing all of these public, being in the public sphere so much, and yet always being aware that everyone is watching closely every single thing he does or says. Even when you try to do the best of things, people will find something you did wrong. What was he wearing? How long did he stand there? What, what face did he make? Did he turn away? Everything is, is being looked at. He could never forget, not even for a moment, who he is and what he represents. So if you think about it, this sounds very much like us. On one hand, we're referred to as the children of God, the King of Kings. And we all carry a part of Him within us. We each have our holy neshama, our soul, which is an actual part of God. Yet this awesome recognition comes along with an awesome responsibility. A responsibility to constantly engage the world around us in order to make it a better place. Responsibility to be there for others in their time of need. And perhaps, above all, to always remember who we are and who we represent. So as you're going to read about Prince Philip's life, it's a good time to think and look inwards to ourselves. We should recognize our own royalty and we should strive to act upon our royalty. How, you ask? By living a life full of service to the one who makes us royalty, to God himself, and a life of service to our fellow human beings. So I mentioned that we're celebrating uh, Mushki's birthday. So I have a, a new acapella. You ask me why acapella? See, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more a little later. But during this period of time between Passover and Shavuos, this time called the Omer, we also, among other things, we commemorate uh, a plague which took place during the times of Rabbi Akiva, where his students passed away in a plague. And as the Talmud tells us, it was a punishment for the fact that they didn't have respect for each other. They didn't show loving kindness to each other. So during this period of time, we, we um, avoid certain things of joy. There's no marriages. Um, and one of the things we do is we avoid listening to uh, joyous music. So instead, we found a way to still, you know, sing and take part in, in music by listening to a cappella music, uh, vocals, vocals without any real music. So I'll play the song Simen Tov Mazel Tov, which was sung by the amazing Israeli group Piamenta, uh, but all a cappella. So it's all, uh, it's, it may sound like music, but there's no music in it whatsoever. Uh, by the way, this whole thing about not listening to music is all for the thirty, uh, the, the 49 days between Passover and Shavuos, but there's one day in the middle 
known as Lag Baomer, the 33rd day, when we do listen to music and we do have celebrations of weddings, etc. We'll talk about that for sure a little later in the program. So don't go anywhere. Simentov by Piamenta. So indeed, mazel tov to our dear uh, Chani, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have all these celebrations. We have babka cake in honor of her birthday this past Friday night. And then next Shabbos, uh, we're all continuing the birthday, and we're going to have a special program for Chani's friends, who are going to join us for a children's service on Shabbos at 11.30, and then they'll also take part, shh, don't tell Chani, in a surprise um, birthday cake. So that's going to happen next Shabbos at uh, 11.30. If you want to take part, just email Rochi, R-O-C-H-Y, at 
gatchabad.com and let her know that you'd like to bring your kids. We'd love to have you join us. So I was talking about Lagba Omer. I mentioned that we commemorate various forms of mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Mourning during this period of time between Passover and Shavuos, which I'll talk about in a second, but what is Lagba Omer? Lagba Omer literally, literally means the 33rd day of the counting of the Omer. You see, when the Jews left Egypt, there was 49 days until they reached Mount Sinai to receive the Torah. And as a child who's really excited, you know, Chani gearing up for her birthday would say, how many more weeks till my birthday? And is my birthday after Pesach? And then how many weeks? And then now it's finally how many days? And there's only two days left till her birthday. She counts till her birthday. Children do this. Adults do it too. Oftentimes there's an exciting event in your life. You're starting a really good new job and you count the days leading up to it. The Jewish people counted the days and were excited for the time when they'll receive the Torah from God in Mount Sinai. In fact, when we get together, we usually try to do the counting of the Omer all together. On Shabbos, as Perry pointed out to me last night, on Shabbos we miscounted the day Shabbos morning, but it's typically done every evening. We say a blessing and we count the Omer. If you miss the evening, then you can say it during the day without the blessing. So how about we do it right now? The correct one for today. Um, here we go. Repeat after me in the Hebrew and then in the English. Hayom echad ve'esrim yom shehem shlosha shavuos la'omer. Today is 21 days, which is three weeks to the Omer. And during this period of time, which is 49 days, we're supposed to help rectify and correct our 49 character traits. And the character trait to be rectified for today, or to be worked on for today, is Malchus Shebetiferes. Royalty, as we talked earlier about royalty, royalty within beauty. So Lagba Omer, as I said, is the 33rd day of the Omer count, which this year is on Friday, April 30th. It actually begins Thursday night, April 29th. It's a festive day on the Jewish calendar. How is it celebrated? So it's celebrated with uh, outings to the park. Traditionally, children play with bows and arrows. There's bonfires, parades of Jewish pride and unity, and other Jewish events. In Israel, many visit the resting place in Miron, in northern Israel, of the great sage and mystic, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochoi, whose anniversary of passing is on Lag Baomer. Now, Lag Baomer is always on the 18th day in the month of Iyar. We're currently in the month of Iyar. Today is the sixth day in the month. So Lag Baomer is exactly 12 days from today. So what's with the name? The name Lag, the word Lag is made up of the Hebrew letters Lamed and Gimel. Now every Hebrew letter has a numeric value. For instance, Aleph is one, Bet, Bez or Bet is two, Gimel is three. So Lag, Lamed and Gimel together make up the numerical value of 33. 
Ba'omer means of the Omer. As I said, the Omer counting is the period of time that begins on the second day of Passover and culminates at the holiday of Shavuos, which is 49 days. So Lag Ba'omer is the 33rd day of the Omer count. So what happened on this day? Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, who lived in the second century, was the first to publicly teach the mystical dimensions, the secrets of the Torah known as Kabbalah. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai is also the author of the most classic text of Kabbalah known as the Zohar. Now on the day of his passing, Rabbi Shimon instructed his students to mark the day as a day of joy. There's a number of reasons why he wanted that day to be marked as a day of joy. But firstly, the Hasidic masters explained that the final day of a righteous person's life on earth marks the point at which all of their deeds and all of their teachings and all of their work that they achieved culminates in perfection. So each Lagba Omer we celebrate Rabbi Shimon's life and the revelation of the esoteric parts of the Torah that he taught, especially the parts of Torah that he taught on the last day of his life. He taught so much of the secrets and Kabbalistic teachings of the Torah. Another thing happened on Lag Bomer, a joyous event. The Talmud relates, as I said earlier, that in the weeks between the Jewish holidays of Passover and Shavuos, a plague raged among the disciples of the great sage Rabbi Akiva who happened to be the teacher of Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. And what was the reason, as I said before, that the plague raged? was because they didn't act respectfully towards each other. So these weeks are therefore observed as a period of mourning. And various joyous activities are not allowed during this time. But on Lagba Omer, the deaths stopped. So Lag Omer also carries the theme of loving and respecting each other. Avas Yisrael, respect for each other. Here in Milford, every year we get together for Lag Omer in a celebration. Last year was the only year that we didn't have a celebration or a public celebration for Lag Omer. But now, with the pandemic slowly waning and more and more people getting uh, vaccinated, but on top of that, we already know how to um, do outdoor programs and, and socially distant programs and keep everyone safe. So this year, we're going to get together on the night of Lag Bomer, Thursday, April 29th, at uh, 5.30 p.m. And it's, a, it's an ongoing event. There'll be a barbecue and bonfire, socially distanced at Chabad. And it'll start at 5.30, so if you can't come 5.30, you can come a little later. But you must register in order to join us. It's a lot of fun. Jeff the Chef from Kate's Financial Services will be on the grill. He does an awesome job every time. And we haven't had it in a long time. We haven't had a community barbecue. So we're really excited to get back into it. And we invite you to go to our website, gotchabad.com. And then you do forward slash BBQ. The letters BBQ. Or on the front page of our website, you can click on the banner for the barbecues. And this year, to make it more exciting, I was going to say for the children, but the truth is, even for adults, we're going to be having a special petting zoo 
uh, where you'll be able to take part. The last time we did something like that was a big hit, like I said, for the kids and the adults, was last year on Purim. The last, the, 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 the big event we had just before the pandemic hit us here in Massachusetts. Um, so uh, we had a petting zoo and, and, and the pictures show the kids having a great time with the animals, but I think the adults had even a, 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 more, a greater time. So join us. It's in uh, 12 days, Thursday, April 29th, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Go to our website, gadchabad.com, to register for this special event. In the olden days when I was growing up, during this period of time, we had no uh, music to listen to. But in uh, modern day, there are so many uh, options of a cappella, Jewish a cappella music available. And there's a lot to choose from, and I'm going to play some of them really, really good stuff uh, over the next few weeks. I, there's a, a, you know, the famous singer, Benny Friedman, we have him on, on our show all the time. He put together a, a um, album called Whispers of the Soul, all in a cappella. Some songs are new, and some songs are just um, uh, um, classics that he sings in a cappella style. So I'll begin by playing a song he sings. It, he sings together with Joey Newcomb, and it's a song, We May All Be Different, but we need to see that we're all one family. And that's what the theme of these weeks, to constantly look at ways how we can find uh, and give more respect and more love to our fellow Jew. Enjoy. Different faces, different names Can we still share joy and pain? We may all feel different But we share a beating heart Why should we be torn apart From each other? We may all think different And at times we don't agree can we understand and see that we're still a family? We may all be different, but in learning to respect, we can heal and reconnect to each other. In a world that is crying out in pain, you and I are the ones who can make things change If I dare to reach out to you, will you cross the divide? We can build it all anew if we can unite So let's bring the joy and peace to our 
often comes up whether I'm a good Jew or not or even whether I'm a good person or not so how do we how do we do we define a good person and a good Jew 
So I have two clips here, one from my friend Ari Weinstein and one from my colleague Dove Greenberg, one discussing about being a good person and the other one what it means to be a good Jew. Enjoy. I was once sitting with a group of people and I asked them to define the word good as a good person or it's a good thing. How do you define what is good? And so we went around and everyone gave different types of definitions and then there was some debate, you know, debating going on, whether, well, does that totally capture the meaning of the word or does it only apply in certain situations? And at the outcome of it all, we did not really have a definition. It all remained very relative, you know? Well, in this situation, this is good. In that situation, that is good. When I'm here, then this is uh, good. And, and there was no clarity on what good means. Now imagine, uh, you know, we believe in making the world a good place. We want to be good people. But how can we be good or make good if we don't know what good is? Now, thank God, the Torah gives us absolute clarity on what good means. And it tells us that good simply equates to God. The more godliness there is in something or in a person, the more good, the better that thing is. Now, through understanding this, we can now begin to make the world a better place, a good place. It is simply by infusing God in everything, and that's what makes it good. What defines what is godly? You probably guessed it right, God. God defines what is godly. And that's the reason why when we do a mitzvah, we're doing a good deed, because it is a commandment from God. And when we do a mitzvah, we are infusing an object with godliness. That's why a Torah, you may say is holy, it is also good. That's why a person whose life is very much aligned with godliness is a good person. That's why an object dedicated to the purpose of God is a good thing. Look at anything which is not dedicated to godliness and you will see it's something which is not good. So let's say helping another person. Well, we all know that's a good thing, but why if we don't know the definition of good, but now we know? Helping another person is a good thing because God tells us to help another person. It's not just because I feel it is good, because someone else may feel very differently, but it's because God tells us that it's good. And so simply, good is anything or any person which is dedicated to expressing the reality of God. And now let's listen to Rabbi Dove Greenberg as he tells an amazing story about the Rebbe when he was asked to define a good Jew. Sometimes a Jew wonders, am I a good Jew? I know I don't do as much as I can. I'm perhaps not engaged with the tradition as much as I should be. And because they may feel that they're not a good Jew, they disassociate or disaffiliate. But there's a very beautiful story that I think we need to keep in mind. In the 70s, there was a group of profoundly secular students who were visiting Manhattan. And one of the student's relatives had some kind of connection to Chabad and told the students that because you're visiting New York, you can visit one of the great Jewish leaders of the 20th century, the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Normally it takes months to set up an appointment, but he was able to somehow cut through that. And the students agreed because they wanted to meet this fascinating figure. And they met the Rebbe, and they had discussions. Um, the discussion was about 
great theological questions of reconciling a good God with pain and suffering, questions about what it means to be a Jew in the modern world, the relevance of Torah. But at the end of it, one student realized that the Rebbe had all these wonderful answers, and after all, he's a Jewish scholar, so certainly he has these answers, but he wanted to have a little fun, and the student had a healthy dose of Jewish chutzpah. And so he wanted to stump the rabbi. He says, Rabbi, can we ask one more question? And the Rebbe said, certainly. He says, tell me, are we good Jews, yes or no? And it was clear throughout the evening that these Jews did absolutely nothing. One or two of them participated in high holiday services on Yom Kippur. But that was their extent of their Jewishness. So what was the Rebbe going to say? Was he going to say they weren't good Jews? Was he going to say they were good Jews and then they would leave and say we're good the way we are? So the Rebbe smiled because he appreciated the question. He asked them if they were familiar with the dream in the Bible, in Genesis, where Jacob dreams of a ladder that extends from earth and reaches heaven, and angels are moving up and down the ladder. And the students were familiar. One said, yeah, I know it from Chagall's famous portrait. So the Rebbe told them that, in a sense, that dream tells us a lot about what Judaism wants to do. Judaism endeavors to bring the goodness, the morality, the holiness from heaven down to earth, and it also endeavors to lift our earthly experience, our interactions, our life, our college experience, and make it more godly. So it wants to lift the earthliness to heaven, and it wants to bring heaven to earth, to have a fusion of those worlds. How does Judaism do this? You know, there's the 12-step program. Judaism has a 613-step program. There are 600 rungs on the ladder of Jewishness. There are 600 acts of goodness and holiness that one can do that brings heaven and earth together. So what is a good Jew? The Rebbe said, it seems from your question, you think that a good Jew is a Jew that stands on step 613, does everything. And that is a good Jew. But a Jew who is on step one is not a good Jew. But the Rebbe said, that is not the case. You could be on step 613, you do everything, but you're moving from 613 to 612. And the Rebbe said, that is not a good direction for a Jew to be in. It's not a good Jewish direction. But you can be on rung one. You do one mitzvah a year. For whatever reason, maybe you came from a background. You weren't educated that way. But you started to do one mitzvah. And you're moving from rung one to rung two. And that's a good Jew. Because you're moving in a good Jewish direction. So the Rebbe told these students, he said, it's late at night and you're in Manhattan and there are many things you could be doing but you choose to spend your time studying Torah and discussing your Jewish identity. And that's a mitzvah. You guys are engaged with the mitzvah. You're good Jews. You're moving in the right direction. And he encouraged them to continue climbing that ladder of doing Torah and mitzvot. And as they were leaving, he told them, and try to bring some of your friends up on that ladder as well. To be a good Jew is to be moving in a good Jewish direction. That is the best definition I know of Jewishness. I have another song from this album, a Yid. You know what a Yid is? Yiddish word for the day, brought to you by the Kate's Financial Services. A Yid is a Jew. And this song, again by Benny Friedman, is a Jew never breaks because a Jew has faith. He's talking about the current situation with the pandemic. And in it, you're going to hear the Yiddish word, Tata. You know what Tata is. Tata is a play. Tata and Tati 
are the same thing, and Tata means father. My friends, in times like these, it's hard to see past the insanity in a reality so uncertain and unknown. Life as we knew it forever changed, and there's no peace of mind to be found. Who can even make sense of tomorrow? When our dreams keep crashing to the ground And yet, as we rise to greet another day And the sun is still bright in the sky Always a reason to hope for better times Though it seems like the answer's worlds away enough, just enough to keep us going, holding on to unbroken simple faith. Cause the heat never breaks, and the heat never bends, and the heat never gives up in the night. A heat perseveres through the deepest despairs, his emotional strength is him for the fight. And the heat understands that Hashem has a plan. dark, the crowds dispersed on the streets that were once filled with life. But a brilliant light emerged from deep inside our hearts. The shuls were shuttered and still, but our prayers rang through our homes. Instead of looking out for inspiration, We dug deep and found strengths we'd never know. And one more time, we will rise to greet another day. We're every moment more precious than ever. And life's sweetest little joys, they are the treasure. Cause when it feels like the answer's world's away. us going. We're holding on to unbroken simple faith. Cause the heat never breaks and the heat never bends and the heat never gives up in the night. A heat perseveres through the deepest despairs. His emotional strength is him for the fight and the heat.
A yid indeed has faith. A yid never breaks. And a yid, as we heard, does mitzvahs. is constantly striving to go higher and higher. You know, at Chabad, we have an amazing in-person Hebrew school following all of the health guidelines. The children come every Sunday and take part in an amazing program that Rachi puts together, together with Sea Kids, a program um, known as Chabad Kids. And there's always something new and exciting that they're doing, something they're studying about, something they're learning about. So in their, the newest program is to transform the world for good. And we put together a website called Mitzvometer, mitzvometer.com, where the children will get to go on the website and pick their place in the world, you know, there's regions, Australia, Brazil, Canada, and so on. And then you go into the U.S. and you pick your state. And you can go on it, click your state, in this case Massachusetts, and then pick a mitzvah that you do. And when you do that mitzvah, the plan is to get millions and millions of mitzvahs done throughout the world, and the mitzvah meter will continue to go higher and higher. So if you have children at home, or you have grandchildren, invite them to join this website, mitzvahmeter.com, M-I-T-Z-V-A-H-M-E-T-E-R.com, and then go to the region of Massachusetts and click on a mitzvah. You can click on the spinning wheel, that will, I just did it right now, I don't know if you can hear it in the background. And then it, as you finish the spinning, it gives you an idea of which mitzvah to do. And my mitzvah that just got clicked on was Kibudava Aim. Do something nice for mom or dad, and then you get 75 seconds to do the mitzvah. Okay, I think as soon as I get up, the, I don't have 75 seconds, but I get up, this, get up I'm going to call my parents immediately. So it's a great website mitzvahmeter.com. If you have kids at home, grandkids, get them to go on the website and pick a mitzvah, spin the wheel, pick a mitzvah, and do it so we can make this world really a better place and bring Mashiach. So I mentioned that Rachi has these amazing, exciting programs that she does with the Hebrew school. And you might be wondering, what about my child or my grandchild? Why are they not getting this excitement for Yiddishkeit as the kids who are going here? And the answer is because they're not in the Chabad Hebrew school yet. So registration is now open for uh, next year's Hebrew school beginning in September. Just go to our website, gotchabad.com and click on, and across the top, you have a menu on the, the main page of our website. You have a menu and you have about us programs and right there is Hebrew school. Click, click on that and make sure to sign up early because uh, being that we're following the health restrictions, we're hoping that by September uh, all this will be behind us. But just in case, um, we, we have to keep our classes small so that we can have them in person. So um, go to the website right away and sign up your children or grandchildren for the most amazing Hebrew school that exists. Talking about the programs at Chabad, we have our... Uh, Torah studies discussion restarted. Season three began this past Thursday evening and every Thursday we get together for a discussion on some topic. You know, various topics in our lives, some more religiously related, some less, and we talk about how it connects to the weekly Torah portion. This coming week, we're going to talk about the joy of family. Judaism's overemphasis on raising the next generation. Parenting is arguably the most and least rewarding job on the planet. It's a lot of work, 
but it gives over the, re- the reward is immeasurable joy. Judaism has always promoted family life. So discover how this value has served us well and should continue to do so in the future. We'll talk a lot about the Joy Bell family this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. If you want to join us, go to our website, gachabad.com, click on Adult Education, and you'll be able to click on the weekly um, online classes. This, these classes are done online on Zoom, and we'd love you to join us. I want to remind you, Lagba Omer is coming up on the night of April 29th into, into Friday, April 30th. We're having our uh, annual Community Barbecue and Bonfire on Thursday night, April 29th. We want you to join us. If you have children or grandchildren that like to take part in a Shabbos children's get-together, um, including some delicious birthday cake, uh, you can join us this coming Shabbos at 11.30 a.m., but you have to reserve by emailing rachi at gatchabad.com. And finally, join us for the weekly discussion, the Torah studies discussion. We'd love to have you join us. It'll be a lot of fun for you, and obviously your input will make it a lot of fun for all of us. Yes, we're in the time of the Omer when we have to think about how we're going to add an act of goodness and kindness to each other. And as the Rebbe said, when you add an act of goodness and kindness, we bring the world to the world of perfection with the coming of Mashiach. So remember this, your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one. Lechayim! You've been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom.